Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen, although it seems rather silly to say since we spent almost a whole day together. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, don't get to see you this time, but I sure have enjoyed seeing you a lot today. It's been a, a lot. beautiful day. A mm-hmm. lot, so- 
Sarah Ellen and I did three Zooms in a row for the Hypericum Conference today. And, you know, you deserve a medal, a monument. Um, uh, you just oh. amaze me all the time. It's, you are just so uh, oh, caring, so taking oh. care of us all in such a beautiful fashion. Thank you so much. Oh, I am so blessed to be able to hold this space with everyone, and oh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to assist you and the presenters and the participants, and I hope everyone is really enjoying it, and if they're not yet, then joining us tomorrow so that they can be enjoying it. <laughs> yes, and, you know, the first conference that we did, the first virtual conference that we did, the Comfrey Conference, it was, in a way, really beginner's luck. Mm-hmm. And then this time, the second time, is when you really get to see, like, oh, there's that rough edge, and there's, oh, that's that. And, you know, I'm really happy with what I'm happy with, but there's things that I'm not happy with. Mm-hmm. And so because of the things that I'm not happy with, I've decided to extend the amount of time that you get at the Hypericum Conference for half price. So the entire Hypericon conference, all 10 days, lifetime access is going to remain at, what, $495, $499, just under $50 until the conference is over. The conference will be over May 10th at midnight, May 10th. It will go up to its full price of just under $100, which is still <clears throat> remarkably inexpensive for the huge amount. I mean, just two days into it, I know... And I've been working with and studying Hypericum really pretty strongly, you know, since we got this whole conference thing rolling, and I'm just learning so much. How about you? Oh, most definitely. And and the content alone would be enough hours to fill a semester-long college class, from my experience, in terms of, like, hours in a class learning from people and in this case hands on so it's just yeah I'm I have not had time to even watch everything especially when I look at all the shorts and all of the kitchen offerings so I am just I feel like I'm only halfway through of the content and we're only two days in so halfway through of the content that's available because new content becomes available each day so Mm -hmm. on Monday yesterday the first of the presentations and the first of the shorts were available, and we did the first Zooms. And then today, the second day, new material was available, and the stuff that was available Monday is still available, all those shorts and all those presentations. Tomorrow, there's going to be more new presentations and new shorts, and you'll still have access to the ones on Monday and Tuesday. So you always have access to the past. It's just the future you don't get. Until the future arrives. And then when the future arrives, you get the future. So whenever you sign up, you get the whole thing except for the Zooms. And to me, the Zooms are a very special part of the conference because it is a virtual conference. You aren't just sitting there watching a screen. But at least with the Zooms, you get to interact with the presenter with the person whose videos you watched. And so let me put out a call here 
to encourage people to find a way to watch the videos. I'm not saying don't come to the Zoom if you haven't watched them. You are welcome to come to the Zoom whether you've watched them or not. But I think it makes it more fun. I suggested, Sir Ellen, that you look at the first and the last of Feather's many wonderful videos. Was that a helpful suggestion for you? It definitely was uh, because, yes, I was able to prioritize things this morning, and I wasn't – I didn't even have to watch. I was able to listen because it it was a priority for me to listen to as many as I could this morning. Um, So I took the option of, hey, I can go back and watch anytime because there's so much being shared. I'm going to rewatch and listen anyway. So uh, um, just so that I could – yesterday I didn't have a chance to listen to the presentation before the Zoom even though it was late in the day. So it did. It made a nice difference today, having been able to watch the Zooms first. Um, and, but like Susan said, even if you haven't, there's still the opportunity to take part in the question and answer of the Zooms. You'll still get the recorded Zooms, which is great. You'll hear other people's questions and interactions. But to be able to have the opportunity to ask your own question or clarify something that maybe that caller or that listener participant didn't have the same question about in terms of next steps. So don't miss your opportunity. This is really people who are in there and doing it are, I think, really getting a lot out of it and very personal responses because you can continue engaging. It's not just one question. It's a discussion you get to have. It's a real question and answer. Yes. Yeah, and people are, you know, making use of this time to bring very specific questions about things that are going on with them and their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how getting, to prepare. And getting really, you know, wonderful offerings from the presenters who are so happy. I also mentioned that you can come to the Zoom just to praise the presenter. You just want to come and say, what a great presentation. That's fine. You don't need to, like, do anything more than that. That's wonderful. (laughs) Yes. And we won't force you um, to speak um, over the camera or over the mic. You can also have the option of typing in your question. We've had lots of people who prefer to do that. So your question can be read off just as if it were an email on this show. And um, since it is a live chat, of course, if you had a follow-up question, you can type your follow-up in the chat. If you're a little shy about speaking on the mic, um, there's always a type option in the live Zooms, too. So. Oh, yeah, far out. Mm. So we started out with Kathy Cavill sitting around a fire with her. And... That is such a beautiful way to start. I didn't realize that we were going to be starting sitting in a circle around the fire. It was a surprise to me when I watched her uh, presentation, and she knew that she was going to be first. And so she did that very much to have that be the, the entrance to it, and I thank her so much for that. And, um... Then how do you think that went with Feather today? I thought it was a really important conversation um, just to hear the two of you discuss um, 
you know, having different experiences and maybe for different reasons. Um, watching her videos, it sounded like um, she hadn't had the experience of, she had chosen not to apply hyperatum to her skin intentionally before going in the sun. So she didn't have the personal experience that you had and that you, you know, allowed others to step into and then have shared with you, you know, including myself. So I thought it was a really eye-opening presentation for everyone, um, not just Feather, and, but the participants as well, and to hear live interaction of, wow, you are such a renowned, brilliant herbalist, and yet, you know, you're, you're, you're choosing um, to repeat a warning rather than, um, you know, an experience when it comes to the sun and the oil. So it was just, I think, an important since that's what the purpose of the conference is about. It was an important opportunity to see friendly dialogue around that. And, um, yeah, I thought it went really well. And it was, you know, Feather was very graceful, and she is brilliant and grace under pressure for sure. And it was fun to hear the sharings of other people around how they view Hypericum in the sun. Um, I still have a lot of questions around that. Um, I'd be happy um, to put forth. I have, I have, I have a hypothesis. It's certainly not a theory, but I do wonder if um, if someone had an experience with hypericum that was unfavorable. It's either like the one caller had suggested. Is it just she is very fair? She said they hardly ever get any sun, and she had exposed her legs her bare legs to the sun. So, you know, it could have adjusted her, not even the strongest SPF because her legs hadn't seen the sun in a while. Um, I sometimes hear about that with women and their breasts when they expose them if it has been a long time. Um, so also I, I do wonder if, um, you know, like how you say with the essential oils, they're hiding in so many products. And so are SPF factors and chemicals. And I just, I don't know how well hypericum oil mixes with actual sunscreen or sunblock. So maybe that's a question for another segment, but that's something, so like new things are always coming to mind to experiment with um, or to ask, because I would love to ask someone, do you use both? Like you're asking with drugs, do you use sunscreen anti-pericum oil and how does that work for you? Yeah, yeah, interesting question. Yeah, yeah, because you talked about driving to the bone and does that drive the sunscreen in too deep? where it changes the way it works and something happens to the top layer of my skin and now I want to blame the hypericum? I don't know, but, boy, I would sure like to hear if someone's tried it. So I'll put that out there. <laughs> yeah. And what does that say? She says, well, it affects the melan melanin production in your skin. And melanin is what makes your skin safe in the sun. Mm-hmm. Right, melanin is a coloring compound that your skin makes to block the sun. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've been saying is that is it are we actually experiencing a long-term benefit from using hypericum as a sunscreen because it then, what I say is, teaches your skin how to be in the sun. But maybe what I mean is it teaches your skin how to make enough melanin that you don't need the hypericum oil anymore. Mm. 
so fascinating. It's, it's like even when you know it works, there's still more to ask. Like, hmm, yeah. experientially, let's tease this out some more. So, yeah, I such a, it's so curious. It's, it's very fun, and it's delightful. Even if the opinions aren't exactly the same, it's great to hear someone, you know, as experienced as yourself and so forthright as yourself to say, oh, but wait a minute, I, I've had a very different experience, and it's okay. Yeah. We can share that. We can hear that. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Yeah. I also really liked that she said, well, you know, I can't really say because I usually use it in combination. Yes. Yes. Mhm. Me that was very striking about her presentation. Was that the information that I received from her in her presentation wonderful, so you know, well thought out. But it didn't make me feel like jumping up and doing it. combinations and it was interesting to me that at least one participant wanted to know oh what was that combination that you just mentioned which was hypericum and calendula oils plus calendula tincture I love that it's wonderful and I it's really where the individuality comes in. And I'm always reminded of the story, oh, I have the hiccups, about a Chinese herbalist who was upset because his patient wasn't getting better. So he went to the herbal pharmacy and he asked the herbalist there, are you giving my patient this, 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 and this. Pharmacist says, yes. And he couldn't figure it out. And then he started thinking about the timing. And he realized that he saw the patient in the morning and chose what herbs the patient needed. But because of the way the pharmacy worked, the pharmacist didn't get to his patient until late in the day. So the patient got the remedy much later in the day. So he went to visit his patient later in the day and saw that his condition was quite different. And so he chose different herbs. Mm. This is how individualized we can be as herbalists. This is what I mean when I say we're the kids who get to come to school with a box of 72 colors and a built-in sharpener. Mm. A lot of colors. Yeah. So if you want to make it simple, simple work just fine. And it's, uh, you know, one of the things that brings me such joy is to see that we can have these conferences about one herb because so many of us have been using symbols. Mm. And homeopaths always use symbols. So Susie, the homeopath today, was able to give 
a comprehensive, incredibly clear and well-researched presentation on using Hypericum homeopathically, which in this one instance, I don't know if there's any others, the homeopathic uses and the uses of the plant are identical. I had never thought to use or to look to Hypericum homeopathically and never it never crossed my mind never and i was absolutely fascinated by susie mazzoli today fascinated i and, am going to check this out much more and someone asked about a good book on homeopathy and susie couldn't find one and that's because i don't think there is one <laughs> books on homeopathy and she agreed with me, seem to fall into two categories, the ones that are so, like, totally beginner that really there's no useful information in them, and the rest are so technical that you can hardly use them. Right. (laughs) But... If you listen to Susie's presentation, if you listen all the way through, her last two segments are a primer in homeopathy, what it is, how it works, how to use it. It's fabulous. Mm. Mm. Just a ton of easy-to-get information. That's what I said. I said, you don't need a book. You have Susie Mazzoli. That's right. That's yeah. right. So what's up at, at your place? Oh, wow. You know, how, it's just interesting how busy it is right now. Unscripted, all of a sudden my brother decides he was going to take a new job, and then unscripted they told him, well, you're going to move. And so he moved here. They drove across country from California. So the day, the night before the conference started, he, his wife, and my nephew got here. So we've got a little bit of a house full for us. It's been fun and um, hanging out with a two-and-a-half-year-old nephew has been fun, and I've just been staying super busy watching presentations, doing Zooms, and feeding goats and chickens and cats, and, yep, that's feeding myself. <laughs> feeding yourself and cleaning up after feeding yourself. Those are big-time occupations. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly that's right. right. Yeah. Tonight. Yes, tonight at 9 o'clock, Rhoda Jordan Shapiro is going to be with us. She's worked for over a decade as a tantric educator. She is going to help you step into your power with movement, dance, and yoga. And um, she's going to talk about her book, Magic Within. So stick with us until 9 o'clock or come along back and have a listen to what Rhoda Jordan Shapiro has to say tonight. Other than that, I guess we should see if there's anybody who has any questions. Oh, wait, there's just a few more things that I wanted to say, which is that we're I think that we're not having blog talk next Tuesday. Is that what we have finally decided on? Uh, that was the last word I have had received. No blog talk next week. Okay. Get, yes, I just see from Justine. Guests will be rescheduled. All right, no worries. T T T T. 
Okay. Yep. <laughs> because we'll be we're going to be in the Zoom with Ellen Everett Hotman at 7, Sarah and I. So we can't do the blog talk. We'll be with Ellen. And hopefully you will be too. Ellen's a magical <laughs> person. <laughs> very, very magical. A druid. And I don't use that designation lightly. She truly is an ordained uh, druid and wonderful herbalist. And she's been doing it since the back of forever. I like that. <laughs> right. And lots, lots more others between then and right now. So come and join us at the Hypericum Conference. Uh, any way you want to do it, it'll work. Mm. All right. So we no blog talk next week, everyone. And then was that the last housekeeping item, or was there something else before I, we take I, I, I think that's the last thing. I think we should answer some questions if we can. Excellent. So we have two callers that have raised their hands already. And I'll remind everyone listening, if you have a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, please press 1, and then we'll see your hand go up in the queue. So we'll go to our first caller who has dialed in from the 360 area code. From the 360, you are live with Susan. Hello, Susan. This is Mokihona. Hi, Mokihona. Hi. Um, I... um, I love hearing about the conference. Um, I'm, I'm not able to uh, participate, but um, I, um, I've been uh, an ally with um, St. Joan for many years, and she's a fine ally, and uh, I just love it. I just love that you can do your, your um, online um, sharing. Um, what I have questions about are old teeth. I have old teeth, um, and um, I, I'm calling to ask about navigating um, the dental system, um, and um, the reason I'm asking you this is um, I've, um, I've for a long time used the wise women um, ways of um, brushing teeth with yarrow, and um, I'm... Uh, I'm a real user of um, the daily uh, infusions, so comfrey and nettles are part of our our lives. Um, but there are um, at least four teeth in uh, in my mouth that really needed a lot of attention, and um, I live on very little money, so I don't go to a dentist very often. So I had. Uh, I saved up enough uh, money so I could go in, see a dentist, and uh, that was last week, Wednesday. And um, the examination that that was required for me to do this cost me $800. I live on $2,000 a month. So I saved up this, this, um, this credit to be able to get an assessment um, from um, a very skilled technician, um, but by the time I was, um, I had experienced probably 20 minutes of the uh, examination with um, the use of um, the, their computers and the um, uh, the X-rays. 
my blood pressure was rising and I could feel it rise. And um, by the time I was done, after two hours, my blood pressure was very high. And um, I have, I've lived for many years with um, multiple chemical sensitivities. So I've talked with you before. Uh, My husband and I built a little caravan and we've been living in it for 15 years. Small, safe enough for us. And so I don't get exposed to a lot of different things, um, including a lot of um, electromagnetic um, uh, EMFs. Um, I tried to do some conversation with the the young woman who was the technician and then with the doctor about what it is that it takes for me to be in this in this office, for me to be in the office to get some information that I can't um, that I can't do on my own with the with the with the lifestyle that I live and with the the wise men woman traditions that I practice and um the the kind of conversation that i got back was um, very um it was very um, condescending what this dentist told me was after looking at all of the x-rays he said I'm, I want to just I want to give you um, a road map looking at what I've seen seen on these um, uh, X-rays, and now don't worry about the money. I want to I want you to think about your well-being, and this is the plan that I, I have in mind for you, Mogihana. He laid out what it is he thought needed to be done, and at the end of the session. Um, I got a program. The I got the uh, I got the what do they call it? Um, the recommended the recommended um, procedures. They that would cost me ten thousand dollars. So I had described to this man that I live on two thousand dollars a month. That it takes me two years to come back to him because I have to save up. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm not going to go back to this dentist. I am I'd like to I'd like to ask about the kinds of things that I may be overlooking um in um the use of um an herbal um an herbal solution to some of the issues they have. And um, yeah, that's that's why I'm here. That's why I'm calling. Can you tell me a little bit more about the issues? The issues are, I have um, on the right bottom, I have a, uh, a molar that's next to the wisdom tooth that is very worn and is um is infected at this point and um the recommendation is to have it extracted the wisdom teeth in the molar at uh, the molar mhm and um 
The other issue is up on the upper part of that uh, same side, right side, there is a cavity under a, an old um, cap that um, is probably um, is probably infected as well. Those two on the right side are the primary issues. And then on the left side, my molars also are worn down. Um, I was able to get what's called a buildup on one molar about five years ago, and I've been nursing that with different, uh, um, with different, I've been oil pulling, and I have um, used um, yarrow to keep the teeth clean. Um, it's wearing down to the point where um, his recommendation is I'm going to need to either have a have a rebuild in a pin or uh, caps on that tooth, and then again on the bottom, same side, left side, old old molar is broken. There, there's an old metal filling in there. It's um, the tooth is not in not infected. It's just broken away. So um, it's what do I do with old the old teeth? Um, and um that i could that I could afford to do um, there are other there are other um uh, there are other um issues that um that add to that ten thousand um, uh, dollar remedy plan of what whatever we would call it but those are the four issues uh, the molars and on, on top and bottom of both sides of the mouth. So I'm going to talk to you about something that may seem really odd. What you are doing is not the American way. Yes. Do not save up to get something. You get something and you pay it off little by little. Virtually every dentist has an application for a dental credit card which allows you to put all of this dental work on that credit card and to pay a small monthly amount, generally interest-free for a pretty large amount of time. I haven't haven't, um, seen that plan available to me. I do have a... Ask them. Ask them, say, I I need some kind of credit plan to do this. I have done that when I first um, started seeing this dentist. Uh Uh-huh. He, uh, they referred me to a credit card that I I do have. It's Uh very high interest. It's, uh, it's and, when, like, and don't they give you some interest-free period? Uh, 90 days. Oh, that's not nearly enough. No. You need one that gives you a year or two. Right. So far, uh, in this state of Washington, I have not found that available to me. And you're quite right. It varies a lot from state to state. Yeah. It does. 
and are you uh, old enough or situated enough to get Medicare or Medicaid? I have that. But it doesn't cover dental. For a small amount more a month it does. Um, yeah, it, it, that's probably true. Um, I haven't, I haven't investigated that. Yeah. Oh. I'm pretty sure that United actually has an advantage plan, which includes dental. It's not unlimited. It's usually got a cap of around a thousand dollars. So you can't put all of it on there. Um, for no extra a month. Mm-hmm. United. Okay. I'll try it. I'll I'll check that. Check them out. It's a you'll pay some small fine for changing your plan in the middle of the year. They don't like you to do that, but they'll let you. Mm. Um and it's curious to me that they say there's probably infection there and you're not feeling it. Generally if there's infection anywhere in your teeth you feel it and you feel it oh, I big. Feel it. Big time. You know, the cartoon with the kid with the swollen jaw and the rag tied around his head? Oh, yeah. Right? That's what happens when there's an infected tooth. It's big time ouch. So I'm not so sure that there is, you know, that kind of infection. So the other thing that you can do is to, to ask any dentist to prioritize. What's the first thing that you think would be best to do? What's the most important thing to do? Sounds like the molar wisdom tooth combination in the back might be a good first place to do that. Then I know that Medicare covers a simple extraction. Well, he referred me out. He won't even do that. You can't get a care provider who's in your in your Medicare plan, they'll have like the uh, you know I call them the, the ones who are in and the ones who are out, and that varies from insurer to insurer. But you just have to find somebody who's in, and they'll cover almost the entire cost of having that tooth pulled. There's also, and you should ask your library for it, a book called Where There Is No Dentist. Okay. It's not as good as where there is no doctor, which really gives you a lot of things you can do. Unfortunately, where there is no dentist, it's really hard to do your own dentistry. It's just really difficult to look in your own mouth and then to do things because you have to look in a mirror and then mm-hmm. do them back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. really one of those places where we really do need help. Yeah. And where we can really be taken advantage of is very vulnerable. Yeah, it is. Vulnerable place. And there are, you know, there are 99, you know, wonderful dentists. But there are also one out of 100 who are out to um, get the most they can from you, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're doing due diligence and making sure that what's going on is what needs to go on. And the kinds of things you're talking about, I don't know that they can be reversed. So let me ask you this. Suppose that um, 
you had an infection on your ankle. Mm-hmm. Would you pour oil on it to get rid of it? Would I pour oil on it? Mm-hmm. Mm. An infection on my ankle on the outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Probably not. Probably not. If you had a stain on a garment, would you pour oil on it to get it out? Mm. A stain on No. So, I do not understand oil pulling. <laughs> I thought you would be saying that. Yeah. Okay. I just don't understand it. It makes no sense to me at yeah. all. Oil doesn't pull. It dissolves. It carries things in. It doesn't carry things away. And we all know this. We know this about oil. And yet somehow this idea of oil and pulling has gotten popularized. Mm-hmm. And I think you should save your money. Well, the only reason I do it is because it works. It works to uh, alleviate the pain. As far as saving money, that's well, that's that's good that alleviates the pain. But anything that alleviates the pain and you have to keep doing over and over again isn't touching what's causing the pain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, instead of oil pulling, I would say if you think that there's infection and there's pain, then um, do some anti-infectives. In addition to brushing the teeth of the euro, take some euro tincture or take some echinacea tincture. Yeah, I do. I do both. So, on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think of these as things that one takes on a regular basis. Well, I started take, taking echinacea on a regular basis when um, I finished with that dentist appointment, um, and. So this I, has been for the past how long now? Um, today is Tuesday, six days. Just a few days. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are you taking the echinacea to counter any infection that might be present? Yes. All right. So and you're taking how much? Um, I usually take three dropperfuls based on my weight. Okay. And um, I, I did that for three days, and then I got diarrhea. And, and you took of, three dropperfuls once a day? Um, no, I was taking it once, let's see, twice a day. I mean, three, three droppers twice. twice a day. Twice a day. Okay. Yes. If you actually have an infection, yeah. especially in your mouth, you need to take three dropperfuls every two hours, and it doesn't cause diarrhea. Something you ate caused the diarrhea. Okay. As a matter of fact, echinacea is an astringent and it's used to cure diarrhea. Huh. Every two hours. If you're actually countering an active infection, then you need to take a lot of echinacea for it Yeah, to that's be what I've read you say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So twice a day is, is not, not a enough. lot in anybody's book. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, so, right. 
Now, aim for at least eight times a day. Um, you don't have to get up in the middle of the night and take it. You don't have to wake yourself up. Yeah. But while you're awake, be taking it frequently if there's pain, which you hadn't mentioned to me. Okay. So when you yeah. said it works, it gets rid of the pain, I'm like, oh, interesting. Mm, right? Yeah. The first time you have said anything about that. Yeah. Well, that's all right. That's but okay. But it, yeah. it does certainly, you know, uh, make it more likely. That it, and that's what I said. I said, well, if there, if there is infection, there's going to be pain. Right. You don't get infections in your teeth and go pain-free. No, I'm not pain-free. Okay. Not pain-free. Okay. No. So that would be my suggestion. Up the amount of echinacea that you're taking. Um, focus on one thing at a time. Find a dentist who will do the extraction covered mm-hmm. by your insurance and have the extraction done. It should cost you virtually nothing. I hear you about the deadliness of being in the dentist office. And I tend to go, you know, find the dentists that I like and then go to them because I train them. So now, you know, when I go in, um, they say, oh, right, you're the one who doesn't want this and don't you don't want that. And, like, they know. Like, just don't bring those chemicals around me. Right. I don't need them. I don't want them. And they remember. Right. And see, and that's, what I've, that's what I've yeah, done. Yeah, I've done exactly. With, I've done that with, that, with yeah. that, that office. It has been a place that I could go to could up, go. Until, this up until now. Well, it's because of the, the people who I've known who have uh-huh. been in that office no longer work there. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So they don't fit the profile, and so they're not there. They mm-hmm. know uh, they know about what it is I can't, uh, you know, I don't like, I can't handle. Uh, uh-huh. They're not there. And mm-hmm. um, so, uh, so I need to find another dentist. I need to find a dentist, and I need to look into Medicare uh, that will cover extraction. Okay, that's good homework. I, I think even without dental, it covers extractions. I'll look into that. Um, I find out. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It should be okay. easy to find out, but I do. I do believe that it. Uh, that you don't have to have anything special uh, okay. on your Medicare to get a tooth extracted. You want to. You want to save the tooth. You want to get a crown. You want to get a filling. They're not going to do that, but they'll pull it out. Is what okay. I've been told. Okay. okay, I'll check into it. And since All right. it clearly looks like that, that would work there. Okay. All right, so keep right. us posted now Thank that you. we're interested. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Green blessings. Bye-bye. All right. And oh, and horsetail. Don't forget horsetail. Horsetail tea. Hooray, horsetail tea for all problems dental. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yep, I will remind everyone that if you've got a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, please press 1 so that we can see your hand go up. At this time, we have one caller that has 
signaled with their hand, and they are in the 352 area code. From the 352, you are live with Susan. Sawe Magistra. Hello, good tonight. Oh, quit. I'll get Cody. I just thought I'd I'd lead with that. All right. Yeah. (laughs) How are you? Ave, ave. Ah, uh, bene, gracias. Um, I always feel like when I listen to this class on your, I'm I'm coming to you know to class. So I would like to contribute to that last caller with the um, dental situation. Um, you can go. I can go to Vanderbilt University or any college that offers dental school. And you can get your teeth pulled for free. You can get full dental checkups for free. Like these kids are on it. I've had, I've taken seven, you know, I've taken a lot of people to these um, like dental student places. They will give you good care. And um, I'm also experiencing the same thing, just having had a front implant that cost me a zillion dollars. The herbal infusions cannot be underrated in the sense of the amount of bone that can get put back into your gums through those herbal infusions. I've personally experienced that. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Minerals, minerals, minerals. It really is minerals, minerals, minerals. Okay, so that was that was just my comment. Um and I uh, did want to tell you that or talk about plants. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my goodness, that could be the next one. But I am really digging the Hypericum Conference very much. It's been very good, very cool, very informative, a lot of fun. But anyway, I just have this something happened to me tonight. I've been, hard, I've been wanting to get the plantain up and going. And I've been telling all these people, my friends, you know, it's there. You know, they send me a picture of Doc or they'll send me a picture of a Violet. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not there, you know. But I begin, since I travel, I look around, I spend a lot of time looking roadside. But, you know, this, that's what they all are. They're quick to find. You just got to kind of find out their habitat. And today and yesterday, I've driven through two cemeteries and the most gorgeous, gorgeous, like, singing plantain is a long, old driveway. I mean, just singing in glory. And my friends are living in these new townhouses. So it really hasn't had a chance to be a white man's plant right yet there. And I've noticed, like, how it protects the driveway. It's just growing beautifully and lush along this long, old driveway big, beautiful, broad leaves, like just, oh, aching to give the medicine. And I thought about it, our skin, like that's our arm. My arm is the driveway, and how leathery a plantain leaf is just as juicy as that new little sprig in there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she will array herself right down the middle of a dirt driveway. You know, it's so going, nah, 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 get me here. <laughs> but it's the signature. And, okay, so about 3 o'clock today, I was thinking about, like, like great, you know, 
so I'll wave my geese right here's my question. But I've been working plantain today, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, that's what I do. And then I just like all these driveways on these old cemeteries. It just, yeah, I think that's why it's a skin. Like it's so signature if you really give it a chance, which takes years, not a drive down the road, not one visit with that place. It is time and gallons and gallons of, you know, it's just fun. Drive on me. Do it. I dare you. I mean, she's just as flat to the ground and just as thick and just bring it on. And I just oh. know, it's so fabulous. And it works so quick. And the grandchildren, you know, they're playing soccer and some kid makes a face size or face plant. My kids, my children grab the plantain, like shove it on it, chew it, stick it on that leg. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> And the kids are like, what are you putting on me? I said, that's all right. Go. You're all right. <laughs> it's the, it is the first plant of introduction. Okay, so my comment on this was just, I think, You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. In the driveway and in the lawn, the plantain is flat to the ground. But in the garden, the leaves grow up. Under the right conditions. I, yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. Like, when it's like loose and free and they haven't been living there for 20 years, it does go straight up. But it's still along that driveway. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's still, you can't really go find it in a field quite. You've got to, it's, oh my God, it's a beautiful, it's a good one. We should put that in the next, within the next 20 of our next 20 conferences. That's the, what is the next? Well, someone <laughs> just sent me. A book called Slime. Okay. A Natural History. Oh, we are addicted to slime. Right. Uh, and it, it, it says, I've heard you jokingly say that one day you wanted to write a book called The Mucus Diet Book. <laughs> I've taken an That's interest in music free. in mucus and things slimy. I hope that you find this book interesting and it encourages you to write a book about slime. But in fact what I've been saying is that we should have a conference about slime. Because I think about slime mucus. is very underrated as a medicine. I know. We can do a reversal of Arnold Era mucus free. Exactly. Mucus much. The mucus much, not the mucus less, but the mucus much. Mega mucus. We can do a mega mucus conference. The mega mucus conference. Oh, gosh. I love it. I'm feeling this already. I know. what. I actually know what the next herb is, but I don't want to say until we're done with hypericum because I don't want to like get everybody thinking about the next girl. Let's try keep our focus on hypericum. I know because hypericum. I'll tell you what I have up my my sleeve or down my pants or wherever I'm keeping the (laughs) next one. (laughs) Uh, I I know what it is. On my left arm, Susan. Because the the three of them actually come free and hypericum and the third one came to me all together and said, they are talking bad about us. Do something. It's plantain. No, it's not plantain. Nobody's talking bad about plantain. You're not going to tell me anyway. 
But I will tell you what the Alberta Conference did for me. I had this teeny little ridiculous heart that uh, tattoo that I got when I was 13, you know, in whatever juvenile home I was in in D.C. And last night through the lady that we were just talking about that was doing all the history and mythology, there's a tattoo band on that one guy. I was like, doing, I'm doing that. What do you think of tattoos? And that would be one of my two questions. Gun control, and, and I'm going to hang up. Just kidding. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Which are very lengthy. You're like, pick those. My, my consort just read a book, and it was a book about, um, like, history, like, a long time ago. And he said, wow. He said, like, the founding fathers did not in any way want or think that they were saying that individual people should have guns. What they talked about was a militia. I mean, like, it was the second thing they were thinking, be armed. Which, when I'm in a tight spot, I think be armed, too. So, you know, so I think that's kind of interesting. And certainly if we look at, like, the number of guns that people have and the number of people killed by guns, well, at least that's one place where America leads the world. I'm not so sure I want to be the leader there, though. We also, you know, are way up there in infant mortality and maternal mortality. I'm not so sure I'd like to be the leader in those things either. Uh, and I'm the one that went to Africa and did, you know, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. But still, but, what's the deal? Like, are they really? In terms, of, in terms of rank, America's not much better than those places in Africa, really. We do, we do a poor job. You're right. Keep, You're keeping exactly our, right. And women alive, yeah. It's it's really startling uh, for all of the managed, you know, birthing care that midwives are. And the way they handle it. So that's gun control. And then what was the other thing? You see the gun Um, control. uh, Tattoos. And what? Tattoos. Tattoos. Um, Yeah. I'm a person with a birthmark. And for my entire life, I have always believed that a tattoo is birthmark envy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that. I, I own that. Birthmark envy. Uh, and I, I have always told people who know me intimately enough to know my birthmark, I say, except no substitutes. If it doesn't have this birthmark, it's not me. So what do you what do you feel the arguments are for? Like it's just artwork, and like I mean they've been using them forever and ever, amen. And then go. Well, you know tattoos are different. Tattoos are very different depending on where you are. In New Zealand, for instance, there used to be a moku, which was a a chin tattoo, and it was actually passed from grandmother to granddaughter. And it was a coming-of-age ceremony when you got your moku, and it said something to you and to the entire community. Um, so, uh, in general, I wouldn't consider that decorative. Although we could look at it as a decoration. It wasn't done to decorate. It was done to declare. And similarly, throughout the the southern Pacific, all through the islands there, where there was a lot of tattooing done. It was rarely done with the point of being decorative. It was usually done with the point of saying, look at how brave I am. Or story. Or story, exactly. 
Now, what do you think the young people my, of, of my eight daughters? I have certainly seen people who've suffered a loss of one kind or another and who've memorialized that loss with a right. tattoo. Right. And there's, always been, there's always been something in me that wouldn't it be easier if somehow others could see our pain. Right. So it just kind of like memorial. There's a way to make your pain visible. You know how people put like my son died, like my son died in a car wreck, and I dig it. But you know they put this big memorial there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's my pain. You can see my pain. I'm not going to hide it away. And I I really understand that very much so. Well, I was motivated by the Hypericum Conference to get this groovy thing to cover my little jailhouse thing from that goddess that, you know, is like a band around the arm. Felt very empowering. I think I'm going to do it. Wow, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've been contemplating it on my my Magistra evening, Tuesday night. It's always a pleasure, Susan. I'll let Jeff Pollard. Thank you. That was so much fun. Green blessings. Thanks for your call. Green blessings. Good night. Good night. And we've got four callers who have pressed one lined up in the queue. Our next caller has dialed in from the 609 area code. From the 609, you are live with... Hi, Green Blessings. Hi, what's up with you tonight? Thank you. I was interested in learning about salt. I mean, I know you said it's a great nutrient, but when we go to the store, we have a zillion choices. Well, it doesn't really matter. Good. And I like to have a lot of different choices on hand. Sure. That's my fear. Right. So, you know, you get one now, you get one then, you say, you know, oh, I like this one. Oh, this one's especially nice on this kind of thing. Oh, if I just have, you know, like broccoli, I want to put this kind of salt on it. When I put out lunch, I usually have a grinder of Himalayan pink salt. Pink yeah. just means there's iron in it, right? I have okay. I have a um, cruet of shoyu, which is tamari, which is salty, right? Yes, right. I have umiboshi vinegar. It's called umiboshi vinegar, but really it's brine. It's extremely salty and very alkaline. And I have gamazio, which I make by roasting Neriocystis kelp until it's crispy, crunchy, and then I toast sesame seeds, and then I grind them together. So I always have at least four different kinds of salt out. Okay, and then what? The, some of them add iodine and some... What is the store, you know, that was... Well, no, none of the salts add... There's no iodine in salt unless you buy salt that has iodine in it. I eat enough fish to get plenty of iodine. I'm eating fish usually at least four times a week. Okay, got it. And I do the seaweed. That has iodine, too. And the seaweed has iodine in the gamazio, exactly. Right. Okay. Delicious. I like that idea. I'm going to try those. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Green blessings. Thanks to your question. Good night. Have a salty day. Yeah.
It's not the salt you put on your food that's going to make a difference. It's the salt that's hidden in your food, and it's not even the salt that's hidden in your food. It's the preservatives, and the preservatives are based on sodium. And you get lots and lots of sodium, right? And you'll notice if you start reading that they often don't talk about salt. They talk about sodium because it's sodium that's the problem, not salt. You may think that salt is sodium, and that's somewhat true. But there's lots of other sodiums out there that are bringing up your blood pressure and doing you down because you don't think of them as salt. So that's what I say. Don't worry about the salt you're putting on your food, but worry a lot about the salt that might be hidden in your food, especially as preservatives. Next caller. All right, and we have two callers that have pressed one to raise their hand with a question. The next call has come in from the 703 area code. The 703, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. Hi. This is Aslam. Thank you for taking my call. I called before and you helped me. I'm calling again. I have some questions I would like to ask you. Um, sure. Thank you. First, I want to uh, know I make my infusion, uh, comfrey, nettle, and those uh, in, infusion. I, is, I, I put a little bit of like half a teaspoon of turmeric powder in it whenever I make. But I heard, um, can I add some whole in good. it? I'm not sure that you're going to get anything out of the turmeric. Oh, okay. I could be wrong, but I'm just really not sure. It, what I've been taught is that in order for turmeric to be utilized by a human digestive system, it has to be cooked in oil. Okay. And I know for sure that's how they do it in India. Mm-hmm. Right? They put some ghee in the pan, they warm it up, they throw the turmeric, the cumin, the mustard seed, they throw all that into the hot ghee and stir it for a minute or two, just like you were making a pilaf. Okay. And then they throw their rice in or their dal in, whatever they're going to cook, and stir yeah. that a little bit, and then pour the boiling water in and put the lid on it. And if they have enough fuel, they'll continue to cook it. And if not, just residual heat's going to cook it. Okay. Okay. But- and so the the... the Turmeric then has been activated by the fat and then cooked in the water for and put into not just water, but something that's going to stay in the body long enough to get the turmeric out of it. So Okay. How about if I add a, a horsetail tea, little bit, like a pinch of it? I, I think that's... A, Lovely idea. I know others who do that. Okay. Thank I've you. had an I, off and on relationship with horsetail. It grows around me and starting to grow around me a little more frequently. Um, so I might be using it a little more. I um, was lovers with a woman who had very bad 
teeth and gum problems, and I encouraged her to use horsetail. And she used horse, she just made a cup of horsetail tea every morning. And within about a month, her dentist was saying, what are you doing? This is amazing. Now, the original stories I heard about horsetail was it replaces the the enamel on your gum and it reverses cavities. I've never seen it do things like that. And then, of course, I also heard, oh, there's silica in it. That's a problem. And then I heard David Hoffman say, silica, hello, is sand and glass. It's completely inert. It doesn't matter how much silica. It's not going to interact with your body. So isn't it interesting? Develop our own relationships with these things. Yeah. Does horsetail grow near you? No, you know what? I live in Virginia. I cannot find a horsetail. So I buy it online, the organic uh-huh. horsetail. Uh-huh. I buy yeah. it. Well, uh, horsetail uh, likes wet areas. What area? What, wet. Where it is wet. Oh, it wet. likes to be where it's uh-huh. wet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I suggest that you do, and certainly fine, I'm not against herbal commerce, but um, take little uh, trips to places that are wet. Go for a hike somewhere that might, you know, include a little wet area, a swamp or a streamside, because this is the time of year to get horsetail. You know what? Because really, I I don't know myself. I don't know those herbs much, and when they are fresh, I'm I'm cutting the oh, right one. It's so easy to recognize. It looks like a tiny little pine tree. Ah, oh, okay. I see that. Do they have any aroma or anything? No, absolutely none. None. As a matter of fact, when you, it's funny because it grows in wet areas, but when you touch it, it's dry. It's a very dry plant. Mm-hmm. And there's always a lot of it. It's not like you find one horsetail plant. When you find horsetail, you find 100 horsetail plants. Wow. I'm going to keep my... Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes open, and if you really luck out, you might see the reproductive parts of it. Very rare. Mostly you're yeah. just going to see the, 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 the non-reproductive little baby, look like little baby pine trees. Yeah. And uh, my teachers were uh, really adamant that you only harvested it in May. Yeah. All that was it. May. That was yeah. it. The plant was harvested in May, and not even one day into June. Boop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hear that. So but, I'm going to... Try to so here we are in um, May. We have the lookout for horsetail. It's coming up. Yeah. Another thing I find um, in my neighborhood when I'm walking around, um, they call it is as a reed, but uh, somebody told me they called dead purple nettle. Or, and told yes, me they are, yes, dead nettle is in the mint family. It's not related to nettle. Oh, okay. And they... They call it weed, and they grow, for example, a lot of yards. I went to my friend's house. She said, well, I need to take these weeds out because I'm going to put some vegetables. And I looked at it. Somebody told me they call it, uh, showed me the picture, call it dead uh, nettle purple. Are they any health benefit? or they good? Everything in the mint family is usable. Uh-huh. Would most people use dead nettle? Mm, 
Oh, okay. uh, if you had chickens, it'd be, the chickens would really like it. It's not very aromatic. It's kind of bitter tasting. You know, some of the mints, like Corhound and Motherwort, they can get really on the bitter side. And yeah. it, But, you know, the ones that are a little on the bitter side, but they've got some good sense, will, like, forgive them the bitterness. But this is just like, usually, you know, Lamium purpurea is just kind of bitter, and so it's not attractive for salads or things like that. It is, however, the... Mm-hmm. Name holder of the family. The family is the Lamiaceae because Lamia is the typical genus for the mint family. Okay. So that's its yeah. claim to fame. Yes. Thank you for it. You're welcome. Great blessing. Thanks, Rip. I have one more question. Well, I'm Can sorry. Ask, please? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So when I drink uh, milk, I get a lot of flame on my throat. Um, when I don't drink milk, I'm okay. And cheese, the same too. What should I do? Uh, well, not to. I hear you, and I certainly don't want to argue with you about your experience, but mm-hmm. I may suggest that you drink orange juice and look at your tongue. Oh, instead of milk. And you will see that orange juice has coated your tongue with a huge amount of phlegm. Yeah, but the phlegm is not so, in your throat. Mm-hmm. So it's the milk itself has the ability to free and move the mucus of the digestive system. It does not create mucus. Oh, I see that. All. Okay. But it is freeing that's there and allowing it to move, which mm-hmm. creates more health. As a matter of fact, yeah. in a study done in Glasgow at the University of Scotland, looking at what fluids were the most hydrating, in other words, what fluids helped the body to stay hydrated and to be the most hydrated, milk was like seven better than water. Wow. So, so when it created more flame in the throat, that means mm-hmm. there is a flame in I, your I body. Said, I don't want to argue with your experience, but the milk doesn't do that. It can't do that. It has no ability to make oh, flame. Okay. So what right. it does? I'm not saying that this isn't what you're experiencing. It might be. But I'm not sure what the mechanism is. Mm-hmm. And I'm suggesting that if you want to see a beverage which will create phlegm, it is orange juice. I don't drink orange juice because of the sugar. They put the sugar in it. What I'm, um, all I'm saying is if you take several sips of orange juice and they don't put sugar in it, Right. Mm-hmm. Most orange juice is just orange juice. There's no sugar added to it, but yes, it is sweet. It's a sweet fruit. Most fruits are sweet. It's absolutely true. But all I'm saying is not suggesting that you drink orange juice, but that you drink a tiny amount, two or three swallows full, so that you can then see that your tongue will be completely coated in mucus mm-hmm. because orange juice creates mucus on your tongue. Wow. 
So I'm saying do something that actually creates mucus on your tongue so you know what that experience is so you'll stop mm-hmm. blaming milk. So That's all what, I'm saying. Not that you so should become milk. an orange drinker, but <laughs> if you do it once, even a little, you'll see your body's reaction to that acid, which is to produce mucus. Because mucus is a protector and a healer. A protector and healer. So So if milk created mucus, it would be the reason to drink it. So when I have more mucus, that means my body is healing. Yes. Unless, Unless that mucus is being produced as mm-hmm. a response to some irritation. Mm-hmm. So trees are flowering, grasses are going to start to flower, there's a mm-hmm. lot of pollen mm-hmm. in the air. Mm-hmm. That pollen mm-hmm. can be irritating to the mucus mm-hmm. surfaces, which causes them to produce more mucus to wash the pollen out. Yes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear that. So that's what yeah. I mean by healing, not necessarily that the mucus itself is causing healing, but it's the vehicle for it. So the, the mucus is good for the body. When I have a lot of mucus, it's good for my body. Okay. It's good I, for your I, body. Not good to have too much. Too much mucus can be a symptom of a problem. But in general, there are no diseases of any kind caused by mucus. And hundreds mm-hmm. of diseases caused by lack of mucus. Okay. I hear that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That makes me happy. Thank you. Great blessings. Bye-bye. Good night. Thank you. Good night. All right. And we have two callers that have raised their hand for the question. Next caller is dialed in from the 845 area code. From the 845, you are live with Susan. Oh, yay. Hello. Hi. Hi, Susan. It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. You would cry, too, if it happened to to. you. If it happened to you. (laughs) Boo, boo, boo. Well, I'm sorry. What happened to you that you're crying at your party? I left a soggy book on your porch. Oh, you you left the Twilight Niche book on my porch? Yeah, is it okay? It's fine, yes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she left it out there in the rain. I know, but it was laminated. Yes, it is. It is. I hate laminated, but it works for the rain. It totally did. The creature teacher (laughs) died to the spirit animals of the Native American tradition by grandmother Twyla Niche. How exciting and wonderful. Wow. Creature teachers. Creature teachers. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited to have this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so many, I mean, all of her charts, this is just like, I am totally blown away by the brilliance of this gift. Thank you. (laughs) Me too. The, talk, the, the I couldn't believe I was sitting in my kitchen and 
somebody walked through my front door and presented it to me. I was like, what, what, what? It was, you know, sirens going off. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) What a gift, huh? What an absolute gift. She's alive. Ah, our wonderful grandmother. Yes. And it's my birthday. (gasps) Happy birthday! Thank you. Wow, how old are you? So it is your birthday. I am. I I tried to say it, but I I get so screwed up in the head. I, I don't speak well, but I am 60. Hooray! So... That's a big number. <laughs> yeah. I love the number six. Okay, so you've got a great decade ahead of you. You know, the funny thing is, I'm 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 really an odd number. Like mm. I was saying, I'm like I'm like the I don't know, I think I said the square peg in the round hole, but I think I'm the round peg in the square hole. Oh. <laughs> that sounds more right. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So mm. I got um, nothing to ask and nothing to say. I'm just glad the book wasn't too soggy. The book was completely dry. <laughs> I knew it. And you left it on the oh chair under the eave by the little witch, so she kept it dry. Well, I didn't leave it. My son, I made him run up there, and he's a salesman. He's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. And, you well, know, leave it on the porch. You know, okay, Because that's what he does. You know, that's what he work, does. You know. I understand. Right, and I'm like, just throw it on anywhere. I don't care, you know. Laminate. Where he goes, well, if it if it rains, I go, it's laminated. It's good. It was so perfect. I was amazed. And that was that is so funny. I don't know who the man is that donated that book to to the library in Seattle, Washington. But my heart goes out to the woman that called for so long about her teeth. Yes. And I I thought nothing could be worse than to lose my teeth. But I can tell you nothing bothers me less than to lose my teeth. I I have lost a lot of things in my life, and I'm going to keep losing them, just like all of us. And teeth is, you know, they're very nice and all. You know, I admire a good set of chops, but um, you'd be surprised how well you can get along if you just, you just got to try to not take them all out at once. You know, just one at a time if you got to, right? Like, why would you just? Right. Sounds huh? like you can do that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. did not know somebody who let it get to the point where her teeth were like broken off stubs in her mouth. And I didn't think that was really smart. And those extractions yeah. were harder. Is that Robin? Yeah. I thought so. 
who I'm I've so been sorry to I've hear been, that I've been getting to see by Zoom. The facility she's in is letting me have Zoom meetings with her every week. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible that you that she and you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. I am gobsmacked. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about her, and I'm like, why don't I see her anymore? But everybody thinks I'm dead, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nope. <laughs> still here. She's still here. Yep. I asked her if so she could I, still feed I ask her if she could still feed herself. Our friend Robin Free has multiple sclerosis, and she has refused all drugs. And she was diagnosed almost 40 years ago. Yeah. It's a long time that she's had it, and they are amazed, given that she has taken no drugs at all. Yeah, I met her 22 years ago. Right, especially with her mental acuity. But I asked her if she could feed herself. She said, no, she can't do that anymore. She has to be fed. Last time I saw my grandmother and my nana, my my Marie, um, I had just had my baby. He was like one year old. And my daddy took me there, and uh, I went in. And my dad had to hold my baby in the foyer because they wouldn't let the babies in the nursing home at that time. In New Jersey, this would be a nice place, but it turned out to be one of those raping centers that they all shut down. It was kind of like I knew, but I went with her to lunch and... um she was in a wheelchair, and they pushed her to the table, and I walked and put her food down. And I, I, I saw, like, she couldn't feed herself at all. And I looked at the food, and I thought, like, she would never eat this crap anyway. You know, like, why, why would she even try to eat it? So I put it a little bit on a spoon, and I tried to put it to her lips, and she smacked it away. Ah! So much for not being able to not move, right? (laughs) Don't you dare feed me that. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was the last time I ever saw her. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's my part, you know, cry if I want to, but, you know, I I can't get into the darn conference. I... I tried to sign up, and all this weird stuff just keeps happening, and I I would gladly pay the money to get in, but I just think, like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get in no matter what I do because it's like an internet well, that's problem. that's one of the reasons that I extended the uh, $49 I know. thing because I tried to get in, and I couldn't get in either, and there's some glitches, and I'm yeah. not happy. I am not happy with them. I'm very it's happy with the conference, but as I said, there are some things I'm not happy with. And well, they're a little I, bit beyond my control, but we're working on them. Now, I know have you, we'll figure it have out, gone right? to, okay. Have you gone to Ash Tree Publishing? Uh, no, I have okay. not. 
Go I to Ashley because oh, that's right. really right. what they've set okay. up as the portal. Okay. That sounds great. You go to Ashley Steven. Publishing and, and register. I, You'll see the Hypericum Conference there and then register from there, and it should be successful. And I want to give my short on Hypericum really quick. Okay. I got Goody. it from the top of a mountain, oh, like three years ago in 2020. And um, it was the best magic I ever had in the world. And then I broke my back and then I used it and I got better. Then I broke my foot. And when I used it last summer, I put it on and my foot turned red like a beet. And my my foot was so hot. And then it turned red like a beet and just cooled down like, oh, so nice. Not like an ice cream. Oh, my gosh. Just perfect. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was last year. But then I had a power outage and somebody was uh, throwing out all this stuff in my refrigerator and they threw the jar out that had like a a quarter of a a quart left, which is a lot. A A lot. A fucking lot. That's like, oh, I don't know, 16 ounces or something like that. And um, it wasn't even red. A quarter of a red. quart would be eight ounces, yes, because it's 32 ounces in a quart. Right. It wasn't even red, but it was the most delicious golden. Oh, mm. If I was hot, it would make me cool. If I was cool, it would make me hot. No matter what I wanted, it would do it for me. Oh. That's what I like about Hypericum. That's, that's She's a very accommodating ally. lady. Huh? That is That is an ally. Well, you, you are my ally. Excuse my burping here. Uh, okay. Excuse me. I went out for a big lunch on my birthday, and oh, that was nice. Wonderful, so, wonderful thing to do. Isn't that great? Happy birthday! I, I Thanks for letting us celebrate tonight. And thank you for celebrating with me. <laughs> and I'm glad you got the book. And I'm glad it wasn't soggy. It's Not very really. complicated, isn't it? Oh, my goodness, yes. But I'm I just know. looking at it, I'd like taking me back to sitting in her her uh, big room there and her teaching us. We'll have to talk about it another day. All righty, till then. Green okay. blessings. Good night. Green blessings. And welcome to Rhoda Jordan Shapiro who's worked for over a decade as a tantric educator, teaching others to step into their power by way of meditation, movement, dance, and yoga. Rhoda leads womb healing circles for women and has a YouTube channel where she teaches meditation and shares wisdom on the ancient practices of tantra and kundalini yoga. Rhoda is the author of Fierce woman and magic within. She's also the founder and editor-in-chief of the Milpitas Beat, a local newspaper. Rhoda lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband and two children. Welcome to our show, Rhoda. Hi, Susan. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so glad to be with you now. Um, a friend of mine has a calendar with the word of the day, and the word of the day in the calendar is Kundalini. Isn't oh, that it? today? 
Yesterday's word on our calendar was... This is actually a kind of like... The other side of the tracks kind of person. I would. It's not like (laughs) some esoteric like word calendar. I'm like really Kundalini. I mean, like you know, like not the ordinary word that that she usually has for the day. And I, I tried to to uh, talk to her a little bit about Kund because I think it's really interesting. So the C and the K are the same sound, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. So they we, are. Could write, you... we could write Kundalini with a C. Yes, And true. it's a donkwai or tongkwai. Well, the T and the D are also interchangeable. So we could replace the D in Kundalini with a T. And then mm. we will understand where the real source of Kundalini comes from. Yes. I love that. I never thought of that. Right. If you got a kund, then you have kund Delaney. Yes. <laughs> Men don't have a kund, so they think it lives in their spine. Yes, exactly. No, exactly, exactly. There there are a lot of uh, misunderstandings out there, I feel, with, with kundalini. And um, it's really something you need to experience. Yeah, yeah tell no, um, kundalini. Yeah, so... When I first started, you know, with this work, I really, you know, I heard all about Kundalini and, and, you know, this energy, and I didn't really think anything of it. I just kind of thought, well, you know, I've never experienced anything like that before, so maybe it's just something in the imagination, right? Like, I didn't really have any kind of understanding or context for it. But when I started going, you know, deeper into tantric practices and just doing them, right, just showing up, just being present, just being in my body for once, you know, instead of in my head so much, like really living from that place of being in the moment and being in touch with that sensuality, right, the the five senses and allowing all of that to dictate, um, it just changed everything for me. And it almost, it kind of happened for me spontaneously, you know, that experience of kundalini of feeling that energy like that, that power that I had, right, um, in my pelvis, like in in the base of my spine, like all of that just came out for me. And I just, uh, once that happened, I just knew that I was like, okay, I want to share this work as much as possible. I want other people to know that they have this potential in them. You know, they have the ability to tap into this power. And for most of us, for a lot of us, it's it's sleeping, right? It's it's dormant within. But if we can just tune in and and start doing these practices, um, we can start to feel it. Like we can start to really unleash it. What's your favorite practice for stirring up Kundalini? Um, I'm very much into heart based practices. Um, especially I, I feel for women, I think that, you know, there's so much potential here in this area. Um, and I always tell a lot of people, you know, like if, if you really want to start experiencing this energy and knowing what it feels like, start tuning into the heart, right? Because it's a force. There's so much happening in this space. Um, I believe it's something like 5,000 times the electromagnetic field, um, 
the heart has more, you know, than the brain. It's 5,000 times more. Um, it carries also the highest amount of electromagnetic energy in the body. And so I just think just knowing that, it's just a really essential place to start working. So I, and a lot of my practices I do are, are just very, very heart-centered and heart-based. Most muscles in the body work in pairs. If you want to move oh. your arm or your leg, right, even breathing, right, you're working in pairs of muscles. But the neither the heart nor the uterus has a pair, so they're built up of muscle in a spiral fashion, which allows them to contract. Ah, oh. oh, I love that. I love that. That's true. They are not in a pair. But the, the the really amazing thing is, is that they work as a pair together. I don't right. know if you've experienced this, right? Totally, yes. Yes. It, it kind of trips some women up because, you know, we talk about, oh, you know, a man has only so much blood he can either put it between his legs or in his head. But what happens right. is a woman gets her heart <laughs> mixed up with her kundalini. Yes, so very true, so very true. I love that. Um, and that's really how I, I kind of feel like I, you know, I almost stumbled right into the womb work accidentally because I was just really into the tantra, just really into exploring like my energy channels, my prana, my chakras, just really working with all that and really just starting to liberate what was inside of me and understand it. Um, and I wasn't so much, like in the beginning of my own journey, I wasn't so much connected to that womb energy, which is what I, I the topic of my um, recent book that's coming out this month called Magic Within. Um, it's sort of something that I really just discovered as I was going deeper, you know, into the heart-based practices, just deeper into healing myself. When I started realizing, like, wow, there's, there's something happening there, you know, like there, there's a force, there's an energy there. And I started tuning into it and um, I just, uh, I just amplified everything. It just changed everything for me. And um, I feel like there aren't enough, you know, there aren't enough um, books out there about the womb and there, there's not enough attention paid to this space, this part of ourselves. Um, We're kind of focused so much outside ourselves and we're not really thinking about the womb, right? We think about it when we think about, you know, maybe menstruation or pregnancy or something like that, but we don't really give it the attention and the care and the love and the nurturing that it deserves. Um, And so I I really think that that's really a big part of stepping into your power as a woman is really understanding the sacredness that's in the body, that power, you know, that you can tap into at any time and, and the womb is just a big part of that. Absolutely. And I really like when you say the womb space. Being a woman who no longer has her physical womb, I was pretty amazed to discover that of all the parts of my body that they took away, the one that I missed the least was my womb, and not because I didn't have a good relationship, but that I had a wonderful relationship. It's simply still there. Uh, yep, I hear you. Yeah, the yes. energy, right? It's so yes. strong, even if it's not physically in the body. You can still feel it. 
Exactly. It's like you couldn't convince me that I don't have a uterus anymore. I mean, you could show me on an x-ray that it's not there, (laughs) but you couldn't convince me that it's not there. Yes. No, I love that. It's it's so true. And that's why I tell, um, you know, other women who've had their wombs removed because a lot of them think, oh, like I can't, I can't do this kind of practice, right? Because it's not, it's not there for me. So I don't have anything that I can, you know, align to or heal or nurture. But then I, I always tell them like, no, you, you still, we all have it in us. It is not just confined to what that physical womb is. It is inherent in your body, in that space. It is an energy. Um, and and, and any being who has two X's in every cell has mm-hmm. a womb space. Yes. There are beings who do not have two X's who may wish mm-hmm. to have that, but it is not inherent in them. It is certainly possible through visualization and a other mm-hmm. variety of techniques that they may be able to have somewhat of an experience of that. I don't know any who've truly had the same experience mm-hmm. of what you're talking about and what I'm talking about, which is that since every cell in my body resonates with my womb space, um, wow. that it, it's literally a cellular memory. Yes, it is. It is. And I, I like what you said, too, because um, that's another thing is that we all have the womb space. Like any any gender has this, right? If you look at um, like Chinese medicine, you know, or ancient Japanese culture, they they all they attribute um, the power, right? The source of power uh, inherent in every human. They say that that's located below that belly uh, belly button in that lower belly area. Yes, the Zantian, exactly. That that is the womb space, right? That is all of us um, can tap into that at, at any time, no matter the gender. All right, the Dantian, great, yeah. the great space of the belly, yes, of so the heart and the belly. And I remember one of the first exercises that Jean Houston had us do was to go to sleep mm-hmm. at night with one hand on our heart and one hand on our belly. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I naturally do that too. Oh, it's it's the best feeling. It's so nurturing. And then when you do that, you um you just allow that communication to happen, right? Between the two. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to do that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, but it's not like you have to, like, you know, do some big important thing. You just put one hand and doesn't even, you know, they would, like, just, you know, get into with the details and she would just say, it doesn't really matter which, you know, you don't like the hand you have in your heart, switch it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's also a lovely, lovely tantric practice as well. Yes. To put one hand on your belly and the other hand on the person's heart and or vice versa, your hand on your heart and your other hand on their belly. Oh, yes. That is a really, really great practice just for aligning, you know, to one another, um, sharing energy, feeling each other's energy. I mean, it's 
it's amazing just how simple these, you know, because when you hear it, it's just like, okay, I don't, what's the value in that, right? Like, what's the benefit of that? That just sounds so simple. But in actuality, it's these very simple practices that create these subtle shifts, right, of, of transformation and of awareness and just a deeper connection to ourselves. And it's just amazing. Yes, it's the simple things that bring us to being present, right? Yes. Yes. Because I feel like there's too much out there that's pulling us outside of ourselves, right? That's pulling us out of that experience of that just connection to the core, you know, the authenticity, right, That, that power that we hold within. Um, and when we're when we're going outside ourselves and our mind is just playing that it just disconnect. There's just this disconnect that's happening, um, you know, and and we don't even realize that it's happening so, so much of the time, right? Because we're on autopilot and we're we're used to just going about our days and not really paying attention. Um, but yeah, then that's that's why I love these practices so much because they remind us to come back to ourselves. Um, and yeah, that's that's why I've just been so devoted to to sharing these practices, you know, for for so many years. You've written two books, I think. Yes, I have. The first one uh, is Fierce Woman: Wake Up Your Badass Self, and that was published in 2019. Um, that one is a lot about you know feminine energy and just how to. Um, tap into it, um, how to enhance it, how to work with it, you know, how to use it to create, um, to deepen your relationships, transform relationships with self, all of that. Uh, and then the second one that's coming out next month, uh, Magic Within, is more, is all specifically uh, womb-based. So it's all about the womb, um, you know, like meditations, I share visualizations, um, you know, things like yoni, like steaming, uh, and just a lot. Just there, there's a lot, I feel like, um, that comes with the womb. And I, I kind of just touched upon it a little bit in the, in the first book, but I felt it, it, needed, it needed a whole book. <laughs> needed a whole book, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so glad you have provided us with that it certainly deserves it are you familiar mm-hmm. with um i'm going to the library here and get it so i can have it on hand um inga muskio's declaration of independence no what is that well it's kundalini without the alini and with the K changed to the C and the D changed to a T is the name of the book. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's Kund. To everyone with a Kund, especially she who persuaded me from hers, I thank you for giving me life. The anatomical jewel. Blood oh, and yeah. Kunds reproductive for coons, whores, coot orgasms, rape, not coot. The end. Who
who the old woman with black eyeballs that swallows you in love is. Inga Muscio, M-U-S-C-I-O. M-U-S-C-I-O. When was it written? This is, has been out for a while. It was already out when I did down there. 1998. Oh, 98. Okay. I'll have to look that up. I'm, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Really wonderful, wonderful exploration of that. So important. Tell us, tell us what we would find if we came to your website, and tell us where that website would be. How do we find you? Oh, so um, it's RodaJordanShapiro.com, and um, I, I just on my website, you know, share some of my meditations that I have um, done. Like I've done a lot of meditations. Most of them, though, I, I would say are, are on YouTube. That's kind of the, the platform most where the, I, where the, I the guided them. meditations. Yeah, like guided meditations. Um, I have some kind of like meditation type classes, you know, going through meditations and like, you know, pranayama, breathing exercises and things like that. Um, and then a lot of kundalini and tantric based practices, just getting people, you know, realigned and connected to the body. Um yeah, so mostly, mostly that's that is what I what I've been sharing, and and now, um, you know, with my focus these last few years on the womb, I'm starting to share more of that, uh, more of the womb based. That sounds wonderful. Are your books also available there, or where would be the best place to get your books? Um, not through my site, but. Um, yes, you can you can find them there on uh, Amazon. I, I think that's probably the easiest place to to find them. That is definitely the easiest place to find yeah. them. Do you do you work um, with groups? Do you work with couples? Do you work one on one? Yes, all of the above. Um, I'm trying to think which one I enjoy more. I mean, it's, they're all so different, of course, you know, the energy. I mean, I love working with groups just because it's so, you know, so much different energy, right? It's it's fun and it's exciting to work with that and to align that energy and come together. Um, and then when you're building energy together, right, like in a group, um, it's just there's there's nothing like that feeling. And I know, like, because I've, I've led uh, women's circles for for um, many years, uh, and it, there's, I always just remember, you know, after doing that, after coming off of an experience like that, just like vibrating, like just feeling like vibration, like for days after that because of all of the connection and all of the, you know, just revelations and all the energy, you know, that that's so beautiful that you can build together. Um, so I love working with groups, although I have not, um, I haven't done it recent. I want to say, you know, since um, since the pandemic, right? I haven't been like as much with groups. Um, for my last book, I I did a little tour, and so I was going around and doing workshops, and that was so fun. So I hope to do some of that now. You know that that I have this this new book out, but I also um, 
I also work with couples, and that's mostly the work I do with couples is mostly because you know they're interested in creating more intimacy with each other, or they might be interested in improving their sex lives, you know, or you know a lot of times it's a couple that's been together for a long time, and then you know they might be having some challenges and issues with intimacy. And so the tantric practices are really just a great way, you know, to come back to each other um, just very naturally and just to realign. Um, Yeah, and it's funny, too, because what, you know, sometimes when we think, right, about about tantra, sometimes we think just because it's been so westernized, right, in, in this culture here that a lot of times people will hear that and then they'll think, oh, okay, that's something that I can do, right, for you know, to improve my sex life or to have orgasms that last for hours or days. And it's true, it will do all that. But that's just one of the many things, right? It's, it's one of the many um, gifts that I feel, you know, you you can receive just by doing this practice um, because Tantra is about, it's about so much, right? It's about sex, but it's also about relationships. It's about um, self-love, you know, it's about really stepping into just your your natural and your abundant state. Um, it's also about manifestation, right? It's also about better well-being and all of that. So there's so many parts to it, I feel. Um, but I say all that just because when I work with couples, that's, of course, that's, that's what their goal is, right, um, for, for the bedroom and, and to have that deeper connection together. Um, when I work with individuals, that's a lot of they want to they want to know like they want to know their inner life right they want to know um, their energy centers they want to understand like how to work with chakras and prana like how how can they move this energy how can they feel it like what can they do with it um, a lot of individuals that I work with are just looking to go deeper and to have a deeper experience of not only themselves but of the world around them to feel that connection, right, that deep um, union or oneness with all that is so that, you know, life is not as, you know, because sometimes, you know, we might feel separate, right? We might feel divided or alone or like there are walls up between us and, and everyone else. But these practices have a way of making you see through that illusion and making you understand and not only understand, but experience experience yourself as a part of everyone else experience yourself as a part of the world and um yeah it's just an amazing feeling so it's just when i when i'm doing this kind of work um it it changes right just based on based on who i'm working with and yet it's always the same because it always comes back to love and not and not the kind of grasp ownership love that we're so used to, but a love that is giving and generous. Yes. It's all about love. That's at the heart of all of this, right? So true. Absolutely. And to learn to free yourself from those cultural concepts of love being a possession. Yes. Yes, very true, very true, and it's um, it's essential, I feel like, to um, to work with that energy because the heart, you know, that area 
that part of ourselves, there's there's a lot we hold on to there, right? Uh, just in terms of those stuck emotions and, and things that we just have not looked at or haven't processed in the body. So when we start, you know, going inward and we start breathing, we start connecting to ourselves, then we can really start to um, unblock and release all of this stuff. And that just taps us in more deeply to that, that feeling that you're talking about, you know, that, that energy of love. And that's what allows those orgasms to keep on going because they're not being bounced off exactly. those inner restrictions. Exactly. They're not being contained or stifled or, or stuck. Like everything, all the energy in the, in the body is free and it's liberated. Um, and it, it's amazing when, when you have that because then you realize like, okay, wait, this is, you know, ordinarily you think of this energy as reserved for certain experiences, right? Like certain intimate experiences, you know, certain times of lovemaking. But in actuality, it's not. It should, it should be an energy that is constantly moving, that is always there for you to use and express. It should not just be limited to certain times or in the bedroom or this or that. Um, it's life force energy that we're talking about. And and you can plug into that and use that in anything, everywhere. Well, I was reading a lot for uh, down there. My favorite quote was, act like you have diamonds between your legs. Oh, I love that. Like, yeah. I love that. Well, I, I felt that when you said it. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> act awesome. like you got diamonds between your legs. All right. Woo-hoo. Yeah. You know, I think Maya Angelou has something like that in her po- in a poem, right? Where it's like yeah. dance, it's something about dancing, like you have diamonds between your thighs, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rhoda, I could talk to you for a long time. I'm really enjoying our conversation, but it is a blog talk show, and they're very like strict about cutting us off. So I want to ask you. What do you want yeah. to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's been listening to you tonight? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I guess I would just say to, I just encourage you to just slow down, right? Like slow down and check in and notice what is happening inside of you. Um, there's so much happening on a daily basis that we neglect to pay attention to and if we start slowing down and noticing, um, yeah, just major magic happens, transformation happens. Slow down. Slow down. Ah, yes. What a wonderful thing to leave us with. I had this vision that we are reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. And I want to thank you for all of the pleasurable threads you have added to our cloak this evening. Sarah Ellen, I want to say it again. You deserve a medal. You deserve a monument. You deserve a big shout-out, and it's just day two. And you're going to be working and helping us at the Zooms day after day after day for another eight days. 
Wow, herbal medicine is people's medicine, and we are citizen scientists, and we're putting an end to the nonsense. Come and join us at the Hypericum Conference. Green blessings, everybody. Good night.